Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Any guessing? If we're running around just doing all the stuff, but we are not spending time with him, we have missed the point. We are supposed to be developing first and foremost before anything else that you do. We are supposed to be developing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's such a great difference between what we believe and then all the religions of the world. Because all the religions in the world, they believe in maybe a God that has power, but not a God who is personal. But the one true God, Jehovah God, the real God, wants to know you and interact with you and talk with you. You can talk to him, and he'll talk back to you. He wants to live with you and live in you and live through you. He even says about Mary, He says that the things that are being accomplished in her resting time cannot be taken away from her. You see, what Martha was doing would maybe be remembered for a moment, but it's pretty repetitive. It's the same stuff every day. But Mary sits at his feet receiving eternal value. The time spent with Jesus gains you things that will never be taken away. The things that are imparted to you by the Holy Spirit, they are yours. They are gifted to you, and they are secure, and they are secure. I wonder, you, you, you might want to write this one down. This would probably, if I said this one thing, I think it would, it would get the whole of the message. I wonder how much of our time, how much of our energy, how much of our strength, And even how much of our peace is given away to stuff that we don't even get to keep anyway. Think for a moment about your life. Think about what you are breaking your back for. Think about what you are doing with your body. Think about what you are doing with your mind. What occupies the majority of your time in your mind? What is taking your mental energy? What is taking your emotional energy? What are you spending your body on? What are you spending your focus on? Is it stuff that you won't get to keep anyway? Or are you laying up treasures in heaven All of the time you spend with Jesus and everything you do with him from a position of rest in ministering to others. You know, little Gabe stood up here last week and he's been updating us for a a couple of months on tree church. Which I'm just blown away that this is happening in the public school. And I I don't know how it's working, but it's, it's favor and the Holy Spirit is using it. And he's apparently got some good teachers and good administrators and good people in place. And they're doing it where, and you know, the teacher's not standing there saying it's a little boy and it's kids that want to listen to the little boy. So it's like go teachers for being smart and not bowing down to a rule that's not there. 
come on, and, and working this thing with Jesus. And so Gabe started having, how old's Gabe, somebody? Nine years old? And so God gives him this burden to stand under a tree and, as he says it, teach the gospel. That's what, what do you do? I teach the gospel. And he knows what the gospel is. I know he knows because they filled out their little papers last week, and every one of them know what the gospel is. So last Sunday, it was on my heart, and I brought him up here, and I prayed for him. And he said to us, he said, I've decided that now when I teach the gospel, I'm going to give an opportunity to those that want to get saved to do that. Praise the Lord. So Monday, nine-year-old Gabe at, I won't say it over the thing which school, but at his school does tree church and then gives a gospel invitation and eight children responded and prayed to receive Jesus as Lord. Indoor recess. So it was in the classroom, and the teacher sat there, and then the teacher confirmed because Gabe comes home saying this, and Corey and Kayla are asking questions, and, con and the teacher said, no, I actually have a video of this. This happened. Eight kids responded and professed faith in Jesus as Lord. I mean, come on, somebody. That will never be taken away. You're going to tell us something? Oh, come right ahead. This is important to me because we have to go back a step with his mother because I was talking to Gabe about this. I was like, so I heard that, you know, nine or eight kids got saved. And he said, yes. And I said, it was during class. And he said, yes. And I said, well, what did you say? I said, I, what did you say to these kids? And he said, well, uh, I said what was on the card. And I was like, the card? He was like, yes. My mom helped me write down what to say. So he has this card that his mother helped him. So he's reading what his, I just think that's amazing that his mom took the time to write down and say, let me help you preach the gospel. This is what you need to say. So he reads it from this card and he's preaching the gospel. But then you go back because Kayla and Gabe have only been here for a year. And you think about where they were a year ago. And they're here just because uh, Chris Roman said, hey, Gabe, will you go to man camp? And Gabe, oh, yeah. Hey, Corey, will you go to man camp? And Corey said yes. And so here we are a year and a half later, and now their son is preaching the gospel to the community. I mean, that's just amazing. So I want to give props to Kayla for taking the time to sit down with her son and say, let me help you teach the gospel. That's what's happening at the river. That's what's happening. And you've got great kids' church people that are in there telling them that's a big deal to us that in church people should know what the gospel is because sadly most Christians don't say what is the gospel they don't know they don't know that that good news is that Jesus came to the earth for us died on the cross got up from the dead that is the gospel that's the good news and so it's working so that which Gabe is doing can't be taken away he's doing the good part he's doing the good part what are we doing what do we do? What do we give our time to that we can't keep? We might think that we can keep running like this for a while, but whatever you're spending all your time on, it always catches up. Whatever you're breaking your body down for catches up. 
Whatever you are giving too much of your peace to without rest, it catches up and sometimes sooner than later. What we do to our bodies, listen, last week was super spiritual. Today is going to be super practical, okay? And both are important to God. Peter said he's given to us all things pertaining to life and to godliness. Our Bible gives us faith and points us to lean on Jesus and then loads us up with life wisdom on how to live according to the victory principles that God has given us. What we do to our bodies, what we do to our minds, what we do to our relationships sometimes isn't noticed immediately. But then it seems to all crash down at once. We're going along. We're not paying attention. We're destroying our uh, marriage. We're destroying our relationship with our kids. We're destroying our own finances. We're destroying our own body. We're destroying our own mind. We're destroying our peace. We're destroying our own ministry. But we stay so busy that we don't notice. I don't have time for that right now. And when you do notice is when it's become so big that it's spiraling out of control and you're not sure what to do about it and you've really messed something up. Here's a little part of my personal Christmas time busyness, okay? Uh, this time at which I am uh, I'm giving praise to Jesus and I'm proud of myself because the last couple of years I have started taking major practical steps, I have begin to, begun to implement things to rest and to not destroy myself. <laughs> and so I'm trying to stick around as long as I possibly can, okay? And so I've been changing my uh, schedule. I've been observing time management, and I'm trying to do better, and I am doing better. And so I thank God for it. Uh, the holidays are busy, obviously, for everyone. Me being uh, an entertainer, the holidays have always been extremely busy. So the past few days, our church teamed up with the Downtown Association for all of the Christmas in my hometown stuff. And so uh, not just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but all the preparation, all of the getting ready has been very, very busy. And of course, I've got my shop across the street as well. So yesterday was the big day for the downtown stuff, and the, the flow of traffic almost never stopped into this building and into the store. There'd be maybe little breaks in between, but then you'd be right back up. And so from early morning until about 5 o'clock, I had only sat down for maybe five minutes. So I was literally on my feet for all of that time. And about 5 o'clock, I realized I had not taken a single drink of anything all day. I drink some water. I, I'm always drinking water. And I had had no water. And in my shop, you know, I'm demonstrating stuff for every person that comes in. And speaking and moving and being on your, you are using up a whole lot of water. So about 5 o'clock... I realized I've not put a drop of water into my body all day long. And I thought, I'm feeling pretty good. Like I'm feeling all right. And so I had walked across 
to the church building as things were getting shut down. And I did drink a bottle of water, and, and that helped. And we worked around here for a few hours, and then I had to uh, load up and go to do a, uh, a magic show for a company party, a local, a local business's employee banquet. And so I went and I did that show. If you've ever been to one of my shows, it's a lot of energy, and I perform real, real big and real, real loud, which you probably can't imagine. And so I make it through that show, and I'm exhausted, and I'm thirsty. And I drank a little bit of water, and I got home a little after 9, and I ate something, and then I was ready to go to bed. I felt pretty good. 3.30 this morning, I wake up, and everything is stiff. <laughs> everything is tight. Everything is locked up. My neck is out of place. Whichever way I turn, it's shooting pains through my head because I got a little neck issue I deal with. And I got shooting pains going through my head. And I said to myself, water. <laughs> water. My water ran out. I was dehydrated. You know, your muscles run on water. Your, your spine runs. Water is what cushions the cushions in between, you know. Uh, water, I, you know, I preach water not quite as loud as I preach the gospel, but I preach a lot about water too. And so I tried to get my neck in, but my muscles were too tense to do anything with it. So I reached over. And I started drinking a bunch of water. And I got a couple things popped in, and I did fall back asleep after, I don't know, a couple of hours. And then woke right back up, and everything's still just tight. And I couldn't believe that I spent a whole day, a whole day, running and moving and speaking and did not take any time to stop and drink Water. Come on, somebody. I wonder how many of us have spiritually dehydrated our souls. You know, this is your spirit. This is your soul. Your spirit is fine. Your spirit is an everlasting spring of living water. But your mind is a neutral zone, and it's given over to whatever you yield it to. If I don't take time to yield my soul to the Holy Spirit that's inside of me, I dehydrate. And I wonder how many of us have spiritually dehydrated our souls and we are too busy to even realize that we're thirsty. You know, doctors tell us that if we feel thirsty, we're already dehydrated. They say, you've got to be pretty dehydrated. You having some water? It's not water. <laughs> they say, by the time you realize you're thirsty, you're needing to drink a lot of water. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Martha, Martha, Martha. It's all I can think of every time I read this passage of Scripture. You knew, didn't you? John 7 and 37, listen to this. I know this is calm today. This is like just, just a class. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Amen. John 7, 37. In that last day, 
that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, can I tell you that now on this side of the cross, come on, the Holy Ghost has been given and Jesus has been glorified and I have access to him, but he's still saying, if you're thirsty, come and drink. We are supposed to be meeting with Jesus. We are supposed to be yielding time, dedicating time. Listen, we set aside time to eat food. Can I tell you that the same as you need food, you need to set aside time to meet with Jesus and to drink of living water. Come to me and drink. We have made being busy a badge of honor. We have made it that if I'm busy, I'm a little better than you that are not busy. If I kill myself harder than you kill yourself, you're not quite as good as me because I got up a little earlier than you and I stayed up a little later than you. And I lifted more things that weighed more while I was up. And I made more phone calls. And I dropped more kids off. Come on, Vince. I dropped more kids off at more soccer games. And I went to more meetings. And as, as uh, tired and confused as you are right now, I'm even more tired. And I'm even more confused. And, uh, oh, you got Taco Bell? All I could have was a Snickers. I didn't get to do I'm just so busy, and, and that was just before noon, but I've got these meetings tomorrow, and then it really picks up over the weekend, and we wear this busyness like some kind of a badge of honor, like we're something great, and we are wrong, 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 and can I tell you even that it's sin? Somebody say, ouch. It is even sin. It is not what we were designed for. It's not how we were created. Listen to what the Holy Spirit says through the psalmist about you and about me. Psalm 127 and 2. You ready for this? You're going to have to swallow real hard. It is vain for you to rise up early and to stay up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Boy, it's quiet. <laughs> Say out your amen. <laughs> it is vanity. When you look at this picture of I'll work harder, I'll do more. I'll destroy myself, but I'll be able to say that I got to. He gives sleep to his own. If you belong to him, that is not what you should be boasting in. Now, I'm definitely not talking about being lazy. He's got a lot to say about lazy, too. But can I tell you that many times I encounter a greater epidemic of work too much than lazy? 
And people take, you know, those that are lazy don't take pride in being lazy. But the ones that work too much take all kinds of pride. And they're just as wrong as the ones that aren't being productive. I should read you verse 1 that comes before verse 2. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. He's saying you can do everything you want to do in your own power. But everything that you do in your own power is not going to produce anything anyway. You can do more resting in Jesus and working from that rest than you can ever do. Just saying, I'll just run harder, and I'll, I'll run longer, and I'll do more than everybody else. And you'll be running on your own fuel, and it will all run out, and you won't be any good to anybody it's not how God created us. Matthew 11 and 28, the call to the gospel is, come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I will give you rest. The whole basis of this whole Jesus thing is that he is calling the burdened and the weary to rest, that he's calling us to rest. What you are doing right now is going to catch up. And what you think is helping might actually be stealing from you. We know what it looks like now, but God knows what it looks like later. Last night when I got home, Rose and Moriah, they had just finished eating some great big tempura shrimp. They were, they were pre-deep fried. Now you just have to warm them up. And they're breaded in coconut and all this stuff. And Stanley, that's our beagle. Stanley, who is not supposed to be standing up on anything, is trying to jump up to the edge of the island to get these shrimp. They smelled delicious. And he wanted one so bad. But I know what people food does to Stanley. And I know what we have to deal with later. So it's got this batter and it's got these spices and it's got this stuff. And of course, if he could have grabbed one, he's going to eat tail and all. He's just going to destroy this thing. And he will not stop. And he looks at me like this. And I look down at him. And this is what I said. I said, Stanley, you cannot have one. I said, I love you too much to give you what you want. It will hurt your belly. I love you too much than to give you what you want. It will hurt your belly. Stan was convinced that eating those big fried coconut breaded shrimp would be so good for him. But the master knew what it would do later. So me, his lord and master, purposely 
blocked what he was praying for in order to give him my best. Proverbs 16 and 9. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. Now, it's not a bad thing to plan. That's not the heart of the verse. But the point is, you can concoct whatever you want to. You can scheme and strategize however you want. You can write stuff down and and, and make out a storyboard, and you can decide, this is going to be great, and I'll do this at this time, and I'll do this. You can put this one in blue marker, and you can put this one in pink marker, and this one in yellow marker, and it's going to look so impressive to your friends when they come over. And the Lord sits quietly, says, ain't going to work. That's not 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 going to work. And the Lord knows something that we don't know. He knows tomorrow. He knows tomorrow. You could be having all of these plans, and they may sound like really great plans, and you might even be doing them for Jesus. But Jesus knows that you're not even going to be in that place at that time because he's got plans for you over here. And you are exhausting yourself for something that's not even going to happen. Slow down, y'all. How many times have you exhausted yourself trying not to miss the season and then missed the season because you were exhausted? How many times have you said, I'm not going to miss this Christmas magic this year? Oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And, man, I'm, I'm going to this event. I'm going to make sure and give these cards. The, I'm, I'm doing it all. I'm not going to miss it. And then it passes, and you say, I missed it. I missed it. Martha, Martha, Martha. This is what I feel like the Lord has given me today to give to you. And I believe not just now at Christmas. But I hope James didn't run up to go to work somewhere. Okay, okay. Not just now at Christmas, but we have this whole mind frame finding our value in how much we can constantly be doing or using what we're doing to distract us from what needs to be done. But the Lord is calling us to do dedicate time to sit at his feet and hear from him. Has this helped anybody today? Give the Lord a hand clap. Singers, musicians, would you come? Kids church is not going to know what to do that I quit preaching at 1130. (laughs) I usually hear it the other way. They're like, we thought it would be over and we had to find so many more things to do. Will you ever shut up? Praise the Lord. I, I love all of you so much. I love, my, I love my family. And we see each other wearing out many times and wearing out way before our time for stuff that's not important, for stuff that doesn't matter. Can I tell you that, number one, Jesus is the most important. But can I tell you that sliding in on the second there, people are the most important. People are the most important. It's not so much about the thing you do for the person, but the time you spend with the person. 
My family is more important than what I do for them. Time with them. And I think we're missing it. There are so many ministers that burn out doing religious activity. And they're doing all kinds of things for God. And they might not even be wrong things. But they have neglected relationship with God. And they burn out and they've got no steam. And then they turn and just do whatever else. So don't do it. Let's just spend time with him now. Would you stand with me? Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you, as we hear a message like this, we can laugh and say, oh, yeah, I do that. Take some practical steps. Maybe when you go home, find some time to sit down with a notebook and maybe write the question asking yourself, is there anything I'm doing that I'm working for that I don't even get to keep? And write down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever. Think about what occupies your mind. What is, what is weighing your thoughts down the majority of the time? Write that down. Think about what you do that maybe is destroying your body. Write it down. When you find out whatever your life is filled with, next to it, write down what it is producing. What does each one get you? What does each one give? How does each one build your relationship with your spouse? How does each one build your relationship with your kids? How does each one build your relationship with Jesus? What does it produce? What does it produce? I think based on that, you might be able to make some adjustments in your life and start to change some things. So today, uh, I'm not going to call you forward for prayer. I mean, if somebody specifically needs prayer, of course I will pray for you. But I'm going to pray for us collectively as a group that we will actually take the information. You know, today was not a big shouting day, running around and all that. I'm praying that today you take the information and you apply it and do something with it and make adjustments that you can stay here as long as God would have you here and get as much done for him as we can by resting in him, by resting in him. Now, if there would be one here today that has never accepted Jesus as Savior, I'm going to tell you the same thing that little Gabe's been doing in tree church every week. And it is this. We are sinners in need of a Savior. We are born into sin. But Jesus came and paid the price. Jesus took our place that we would no longer be sinners, but we would be the righteousness of God in Christ. Do you know that sometimes I sin, but I'm not a sinner? Before I got saved, sometimes I did right. But I wasn't righteous. You're a human being, not a human doing. God is looking at the position, not at the action. Actions are important. But as far as you're standing with God, before you came to Christ, you were wrong all the time, even when you did right. And now that I have come to Christ, now that I am born again, 
a saint of the Most High God. Now I am right with God even when I fail because I'm in Christ and He is in me. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, Jesus Christ left heaven and He came to earth and He died on the cross in your place. And three days later, He rose again. And today, He calls to you to place faith in what He's done, to say, yes, Lord Jesus, I know I need your forgiveness. I need to receive you as Savior. Jesus, wash my sin away. Fill me with your Spirit. Help me to turn from sin and instead to lean on you. I want to be born again. If you've never done that, but you want to, it would be the greatest honor that I could have if you would allow me to lead you in that prayer, standing right down here together. You don't need me to get saved, but we're here together, and I would love the opportunity to lead you in that prayer. Would there be even one here today that says, I would like to accept Jesus as Savior? If that's you, would you step out from where you are, and would you come? And I want to lead you in that prayer. Would there be even one? Would there be even one? Maybe you're watching at home, and you say, I wish I was there right now. I wish I could walk forward and pray. You don't have to be here. Jesus is right there where you are, and you can call on him there the same way that you could call on him here. It has nothing to do with a preacher. It has nothing to do with a church building. It is about the fact that Jesus died for you. So wherever you are, call on him right now. Call on him right now. And in your own words, from your heart, tell him that you know. Tell him you know you're a sinner. And you know that he's the son of God and that he died for you. Tell him you know that he got up again and that you want him to live inside of you. And when you pray that from your heart, the Bible says when we believe with the heart and confess with the mouth Jesus Christ as Lord, that we are saved. So wherever you are, do that today. We have some information we would like to send you. It has nothing to do with our church. Wherever you're at in the world, it will be a blessing to you. It's a, a little book about prayer and Bible reading and worship, and it will help you to get started in your walk with the Lord. If you will message me, I'll send that to you. And uh, it's free of charge. We'll pay the postage. And we just want you to have it. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to pray over all of us as a, as a church family, and then we'll be dismissed. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.